Well, today I want to share uh, part three of our summer series that we've just kicked off called Grace. Now, last week I talked to you about God's restoring kind of grace. And we talked about no matter what you've done, no matter how you've messed up in life, when you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, grace comes in and guilt goes out. Amen? (laughs) And isn't that so awesome? How God frees us from guilt. Well, this week I want to talk to you about God's sustaining grace. I'd like to talk with you about how His grace will sustain you through anything that you go through. Anything in life that you face, anything that you go through, His grace has the power and ability to sustain you through it. Now, as we begin, I want you to just kind of catch what I'm trying to say right here. You see, God is willing to heap grace upon grace upon grace upon you until His work is completed inside of you. The good work that He started in you, the good work of of saving you from your sins, of sanctifying you, setting you apart, making you like His Son, ready for heaven. He wants to finish that work inside of you. And so He will give you the grace that you need to sustain you through anything that He might help you finish this race on this planet and win the prize of heaven. And all of God's people said, Amen. That's what it's all about, right? Finishing this race well and winning the prize of heaven. And so God is willing to give you grace upon grace to help you do that. The Bible says this as we begin. God who began that good work within you will continue his work. And look at this next word. Until it is finally finished. God so loves you that he will send grace to you right when you need it to sustain you so he can finish his work inside of you. God's sustaining grace gives you the power to keep on going when you feel like, I can't keep on going. God's sustaining power, His sustaining grace gives you the power to do the right things when you feel like you can't do the right things anymore. You see, the race that we're all running through this temporary life on our way toward heaven and eternal life, it's filled with all kinds of troubles. Amen? You found that out yet? This life is filled with all kinds of troubles. And some of them are so heavy and some are so hard that we wonder if we can go on. If we can make it. If we can keep serving God the way we know we should. And sometimes these troubles come in multiples. They come all at the same time and we wonder if we can go on. So Peter writes, who, who faced all kinds of troubles, he, he says this, My purpose in writing is to encourage you and assure you that the grace of God is with you no matter what happens. Don't you like those last four words? <laughs> no matter what happens, he's saying, the grace of God is with you. And, and Peter's writing about that because he learned that no matter what you go through 
The grace of God is with you. His kindness, his favor, his blessing is with you. As we begin, write this down. God's grace is powerful. It is powerful. No matter what you face, His grace is powerful enough to sustain you. It's powerful enough to help you withstand it, to endure it, to bear it, whatever it is you're facing. And there are three key times that God will send His grace to you like you've never experienced before. Write this down when you're tempted. God's grace is powerful when you are tempted. When you are tempted, His grace will sustain you. When temptation hits you, you can count on His grace to come and help you. To help you. Now the Bible says, watch out for the attacks from the devil. Your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim like you and me to devour. Take a firm stand against him and be strong in your faith. Listen, the moment that you ask Jesus to forgive your sin and come live in your life and become your savior, the battle for your life began. It began. You moved from Satan's family to God's family and Satan didn't like it. In fact, Satan wants you back. He wants you to so fail God and leave God and turn away from God. So he's going to tempt you to fall back into all of your old ways, all of your sinful habits. And he's going to make those ways, those old ways of living look so good and feel so good that you will be tempted to forget God and leave the ways of God. Now, all of us are tempted. Not one of us are exempt. Satan tempts us all because he's out to keep all from God. So you will never outgrow temptation. You'll never get so holy that that you just won't be tempted. He comes after us all because he came after Jesus. Amen? And so... We never outgrow the temptations of the tempter. Even Jesus was tempted, but the Bible says he never gave in. He never sinned. So it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation. You can't control all the thoughts that go through your mind, but you can choose to not dwell on those thoughts. It's kind of like you can't choose to control or keep all of the birds in the air from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Amen? <laughs> you don't have to let them roost there and build a nest there. And so when the tempter comes, you can shoo him away. You have control. You have a choice. You don't let him have to just land there in your mind and sit there. Now, Satan will give you all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of ideas, but you don't have to dwell on them and give in to them. For an example, let's just take one area of temptation that's that's common to all of us, and that's sexual temptation. God made you to be a sexual person, made all of us. He gave all of us sexual feelings. And those God-given feelings are not bad. They're not sinful unless you use them in the wrong way or apply them to the wrong person. You see, lots of people confuse attraction or arousal with lust. 
but they're not the same thing. If a man sees an attractive woman walk by and thinks, wow, that is one beautiful woman, that's not lust. That's attraction, arousal. If a woman sees a good-looking man walk by, like Thor in the movie, okay? (laughs) Sees a good-looking man walk by and thinks, wow, that's one hunk of a man. That's Thor. That's not lust. That's attraction. That's arousal. But that is not sin. So what is lust? If it's not attraction, it's not arousal. Lust is taking that thought, dwelling on that thought, and then moving into a mental affair with that person, imagining what it would be like to be with that person sexually. That's lust. That's sin. That's when you've crossed the line. A few years ago, Billy Graham was being interviewed by Larry King. And they were talking about the sexual scandals at that time that were happening in the White House. And finally, Larry says to Billy... Billy, you're 80 years old. You've been in the public limelight your entire life, but you've never had a scandal. Billy, you've got a history of integrity. How have you managed to never have a scandal in your life? And Billy Graham answered by quoting this verse. The temptations that you and I have are the same ones that all people have. But you can trust God. He will not let you be tempted more than you can stand. When you are tempted, God will also give you a way to escape. Then you will be able to stand it. You see, when the temptations come, God will give you a way to sustain. To sustain your faith. To sustain your walk, your relationship with God. To overcome, to escape. Now, it may mean turning the channel. It may mean running out of the house. It may mean shutting down the computer. But God will provide a way to escape. Your job and my job is to take that way. Amen? Amen. Is to take that way of escape. Now here's the, the next key time that God will send His grace to sustain you. Not only when you're tempted, but then when you're tired. When you're tired, His grace will sustain you. You know, life can be exhausting. Amen, anybody? (laughs) Life can be flat out exhausting. So many things to deal with, but especially for Christians. When you are trying to do things the right way, and you're trying to do things God's way, it requires more effort and more strength. And sometimes you just get flat out tired of doing what's right. Because it's harder to move against the flow of sin in our culture. seems like everybody's going this way. But as Christians, we we need to go this way. And it's like we're swimming upstream a lot of times. And it's harder to choose God's way. And it's exhausting. I mean, it's easier to just tell somebody off of some few choice words. Amen? It's easier to give somebody a finger gesture on the freeway like I got this week. It's easier to laugh at somebody's dirty jokes at work. It's easier to not be nice to the waiter who messed up your order. It's easier to just be rude. It's way more tiring to do what's right. But in the midst of your tiredness, grace comes and God's grace sustains. 
The Bible says this, it is God who gives us the ability, look at that word ability, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So here we are, the Holy Spirit is living in us and he is willing to give us the ability to sustain The ability to endure, to stand firm. So the Spirit of God within you gives you this supernatural ability beyond your own. So when you're tired and and you don't have it within you, the grace of God can come and give you ability beyond your own to stand. So turn to God when you're tired and God will sustain you. You know, I think that's exactly what Noah did. Do you know how many years it took Noah to build the ark? Anybody know? 120 years. <laughs> 120 years to build the ark. Can you imagine during doing the right thing for 120 years, hoping that God would do what he said he was going to do, send rain? Can you imagine how tired Noah got? <laughs> Not only... Of the hard work of building the ark. But of his ridiculing neighbors. What are you doing Noah? How did he get the ability to keep on keeping on. When he was tired. Well the Bible says Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord. Look at this. God will give you the power to do what he wants you to do. Look at this scripture. For God is at work Within you, giving you the will. And look at that word will. Really, sometimes I get so tired, my will is even way down here to do the right thing. God will bring back your want to. (laughs) Even when you're so tired, you don't think you can do the right thing. You don't even want to do the right thing. God can even give back your want to. Amen? Look at that scripture. He's at work within you, giving you the want to. The will and the power to achieve his purpose. So he'll give you what you need to go on when you're tired. Now, let's think about God in a minute. Sometimes you think, well, I've never experienced that power. Does God have that kind of power? Well, listen, our God made the sun. And that sun produces more power in one second, every second, than humans have ever used throughout entire history in one second more power than all of us have ever used in human history and that sun has enough energy to burn for 30 billion more years that is the kind of power that God's got and so God comes to you and says you need power I know about power (laughs) I created all the power that exists just look at the sun you need power I'll give you the will and the power that you need. Then here's the third key time that God will send His grace to sustain you. When troubled. When troubled, His power, grace is powerful enough to sustain you through anything. You see, God will send His grace to sustain you when the kind of trouble comes that just literally blows you away like a Santa Ana wind. When the kind of trouble comes that weighs you down like a sack of potatoes. 
When the kind of trouble comes that pulls the rug, literally pulls the rug out from underneath you. He'll send grace to sustain you when the kind of trouble comes that is unplanned. Unrelenting. It just doesn't stop. When it's undeserved, when it's unfair. His grace will come. And His grace will sustain. You know, there's a time in Shirley and I's lives when multiple troubles came and hit us in a very short period of time. There was a time when we were still living in the Midwest when we were hit with a miscarriage at four months and then soon afterwards another miscarriage at four, four and a half months. And during that same period of time, my mom and dad were having marriage trouble and mom was coming out seeking my counsel and living with us for a while. There was then a a time when a major senior pastor change was being made at the church where I was serving and it was a hard one. And I was asked as, as youth pastor to lead that church through that change. During that same time, a major blow came when we were told that we could no longer have any more children. We just had our one son. And then during that same moment, God spoke and moved on my heart to move from that church and come to California and start a new church. And then we made that major move to California to begin my first senior pastorate pastorate in East Whittier at age 30. And then two weeks later came the miracle birth of our first daughter that they said wasn't possible. And that all sounds fun and and great and joyful, and it was, but it came in the midst of all of these, these hits. And then we were there as a new young family, me trying to be husband and, and father to a new child and new ministry and trying to be my senior pastor for the very first time in my life. And we were trying to make this major adjustment to California with two young kids and all of our family 12 and 1,800 miles away from us. Nobody to help. And with all of that combined, trying to be everything to everybody, not seeking God's help or grace, just trying to to do it on my own, I burned out. Anxiety attacks came. Panic attacks came. And I share all of that to say with you, I know that some of you have even greater troubles than these. Maybe more multiple troubles than these. I read your prayer requests. And I know the troubles troubles that some of you are dealing with. So I'm saying to you today, in the midst of our troubles, God's sustaining grace was amazing. God, as hard as those things were, carried us through all of those things. And if I would have just gotten smart (laughs) and turned to God sooner, I wouldn't have had to burn out. If I would have just stopped trying to do it on Larry's strength and Larry's power and said, God, I need your help. I need your grace. The burnout wouldn't have come. God says this, don't worry because I am with you. Don't be afraid because I am your God. Amen? Amen. (laughs) 
I will make you strong, he says. I will help you. I will support you with my right hand that saves you. God is so willing with his grace to reach down and help you and save you from whatever you're going through. The Bible also says God is our refuge. He's the one that we can run to and strength. Always ready to help in our times of trouble. Folks, rely on the sustaining grace of God. Let God carry you. Let God help you with what you're going through. First this morning, His grace is powerful. Second, write this down, His grace is available. It's so available to you. His grace is powerful and available. So how do you get the grace of God? You know, God, I love it because... He makes it so simple. We try to make things so hard and so theological, you know. He makes it so simple. Write this down. Just ask for His grace. (laughs) Just ask. Just cry out to God and tell Him that your temptations seem to be more than you can handle. That your tiredness is greater than you can bear. That your troubles are too heavy to carry. Just draw close to God and ask Him for His grace. And this is what the Bible says. And God gives grace to the humble. When we'll get rid of our pride and our arrogance and thinking that we know it all and we can do it all and we just say, God, I can't do it all. (laughs) I need your help. When we humble ourselves, the Bible says God gives grace to the humble. So, give yourselves completely to God, draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. Folks, when you draw close and admit your need, grace comes. And if you've ever experienced this, you know what I'm talking about. Grace comes. The kind that carries you, sustains you through all that you're going through. And then next, just trust His promises. Ask for His grace and then trust His promises. There are 7,000 promises from God to us in the Bible. And one of those promises is this one. Look at this. He gives strength to the weary. Anybody want to confess that you're weary this morning? (laughs) Yeah. And then He increases the power of the weak. Anybody feeling kind of weak? Yeah. Even youths grow tired. But those who hope or those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. There will be a strength that comes. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's the promise of God. If we'll just ask for His grace and trust in His promise. And then the Bible goes on and says, so we don't look at the troubles that we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see now here in this life, they'll soon be over. But look at this last part of the sentence. But the joys to come will last forever. In heaven, there will be no problems, no sorrow, no sadness, no grief, no messed up lives. Amen? (laughs) And don't forget that. 
our troubles will soon here be over. But the unseen joys to come will never, 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 say it with me, never end. They will never end. So we look past these troubles, and in the midst of our troubles, we call upon God for His grace to come sustain us. He'll give us the grace to get us through the stuff of life, and it's going to be over one day. Amen? (laughs) And then we'll be in heaven with Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, God our Father, the Holy Spirit of God, and all of us together. We're going to have a blast in heaven. Amen? Amen? We'll all be together. And enjoying nothing but the joys that never, never end. Now Paul writes, I begged the Lord three times to take this problem away from me. He had a problem. He had some trouble. But God said to me, my grace is enough for you. When you are weak, then my power is made perfect in you. There may come a time that God chooses to not remove one of your troubles. But He will still give you all the grace you need to deal with it. And then in the midst of that trouble that He's chosen not to remove, He will allow you to experience His power flowing in you and through you in spite of it. He will allow you to experience His very special touch, the touch of God Almighty. And He'll allow you to experience His involvement in your life. And that is an incredible experience. If you've experienced it, you know what I mean. So He may say, there's something in your life that you need to keep in your life, that you need to deal with in your life. And yes, it makes you weak. Yes, it is a struggle, but it keeps you on your knees. (laughs) It keeps you praying. It keeps you looking up to me. It keeps you asking for grace and help. It keeps you on the right track. And so I'm going to leave this with you. And yes, you feel weak. But in you and your weakness, if you come to me, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Amen? And then God takes us as weak, surrendered people. And does amazing works in us. And I I get to experience this all the time. And I pray that you get to experience this all the time. In the midst of your weakness, God reaches down and just gives you his touch of grace. And blessing and mercy and kindness and power. And he carries you through something that you thought you could never ever do. And I hope you get to experience that. It lets you know. That God is so very real. So would you go to God and say, God, I am weak. I've got troubles. I need your grace. And God will give his grace to the humble. Amen? Amen. I want you to experience that. So when you're tempted or when you're tired or, or when you're troubled, I want to say to you today, don't give up, but look up. Look up and ask him for a grace. And then last then just accept help from God's family. God never meant for any of us to go through this life alone, trying to handle everything in our own ability, the temptations, the tiredness, the troubles. He meant for you to belong to His family. And then when the time comes to actually accept help from His family. 
Sometimes we get the feeling so self-sufficient and so proud that we won't let anybody know what we're going through and we won't ask for anybody's help. But that's not the way God's family operates. Amen? It's not the way Canyon Hills operates. When there's a need, we do all we can to meet that need. And, and, and we just trust God to help us do what we can't do. The Bible says this, by helping each other with your troubles, you obey the law of Christ. So when we help each other, the law of Christ says, love your neighbor as yourself. So when we help each other, we're obeying God's word. But sometimes when you're in a church family that's several hundred strong like this church family is, sometimes we don't immediately know that you need help. And that's why it's important for you to belong to a small group, one of our C groups, one of our community groups. Because in a smaller group, you can share and you can ask for prayer. And you can say, this is the trouble we're in right now. And you can even say, keep it confidential. But I need help. I need your prayer support. I need your encouragement. And so this September, when our C groups start up once again, decide right here today that you're going to jump into one of those groups. That you're not going to try to do life alone. But you're going to become a believer that's willing to accept help from God's family as well as give help as part of God's family. Folks, God's grace is powerful. And it's available. Aren't you glad? (laughs) Aren't you glad it's available to you? His grace is full of power to sustain you, and it's available to you. Today, if you're sensing that you need God's grace to sustain you, And I know some of you do. I read the prayer requests. Our staff prays over them. And folks, it is heartbreaking to see the number of people dealing with health issues and marriage issues and and all kinds of financial issues. And I mean, we just go on and on. And yet God is here to help us. Let's ask him to do that today. Would you pray with me? As I pray, would you maybe... Repeat this prayer in your heart and mind and ask God to help you. It goes like this. Father, thank you for your grace. I need your grace to sustain me right now. So, Lord, I'm asking for your grace to flood my life. In the meantime, I will trust your promises. I will accept help from your family and I will not give up. Instead, I will look up to you. Father, you never meant for us to live this life not only alone, but without you and your help. So Father, today we we come to you, we look to you And we ask for your powerful and available grace to flood into our lives. We confess that we need it. We ask for it in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.